Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a new episode of Full Seam Ahead. We are in the thick of the offseason now. The winter meetings are behind us. Uh, news is kind of slowing down. We're kind of entering that hibernation phase of the offseason, just you know, snapping at little bits and scraps of rumors here and there. Every now and then, trade deal comes across the table or free agent signing, but we definitely feel like we're kind of heading into that uh, parking in the garage, hanging out on the couch, part of the offseason, just kind of sitting and waiting, thinking of days of baseball to come. So we are back. We're going to break down a little bit about the winter meetings that we didn't get to in our last episode. Uh, obviously, our last episode, we talked heavily about, you know, where's Aaron Judge going, maybe to the Giants. And then literally this the morning we posted, boom, back to the Yankees. So we'll break that down. We'll break down the rest of the signings as well as kind of painting the future for the Astros as far as where we go from here. You know. uh, but Lorenzo, how's the offseason going for you, man? Going in there, I mean, it's not been bad. Like you said, cars parked in the garage, just taking it day by day. I mean, it's going to be the end of the year soon, brand new year in 2023. Players are focusing and being with their families. Of course, Christmas is coming around, New Year's. And then, of course, the World Baseball Classic, as we'll talk about later on through the show. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Astros have done good this offseason. Obviously, teams are just trying to construct their rosters and try to compete for that trophy, try to, you know, get – um to that big main goal in the world series yeah absolutely so uh the astros winter meetings all in all did not prove to be that interesting the astros <laughs> did not make any ended up not making any real moves at the winter meetings uh obviously signed jose abreu before the winter meetings began and despite you know being tied to a lot of guys during the winter meetings nothing ever got done uh across that week we heard Brandon nimmo's name wilson Contreras. Sean Murphy, Andrew Benintendi, Michael Conforto, Cody Bellinger, Christian Vasquez, all these guys, and they all ended up elsewhere. Uh, and the Astros ended up leaving empty-handed from the winter meetings. But personally, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's such a bad thing. Uh, kind of what's your what's your spin? Yeah, I agree. I don't think it was a bad thing at all. We didn't spend a lot of money. We didn't have to give away any prospects so far. No top prospects as well. Um, I think the Astros were just going into the offseason trying to figure out who's going to play first base. And sure enough, I personally, to me, I think they got the best first baseman in the free agency and Jose Abreu. They re-signed Rafael Montero back to, you know, continue having that chemistry in the bullpen. Of course, Rafael Montero had a great year last year. And then after that, I mean, it's kind of the waiting game, I think, for the Astros. I want, I believe and personally believe that they're just waiting on Michael Brantley's health to see how he's going to be. If he's going to yeah. be healthy enough, I think they'll probably sign him to a one-year, two-year contract. If anything, you know, team club option for the second year. And then maybe another utility. Obviously, Oladimus um, Diaz went somewhere else. We also got some utility players in Mauricio Dubon, David Hensley. So, I mean, I don't think it's been a big, big factor for these Astros for this offseason. As, you know, especially with the conclusion of the winter meetings, I think they addressed at the first base. Obviously, you know, that one piece in the bullpen. Like I said, I think a hot take for me would, I, you know, you never know because there's been rumors right now with outfielders in the Diamondback organization. If they trade for a starting, you know, if they trade for an outfielder in Arizona, they would obviously have to trade one of them young pitchers, either Kitty Garcia and that's where my hot take will come in in saying, like, maybe they will sign a veteran starting pitcher 
Yes, Justin Verlander's gone. Yes, we have a, what, about six-man, seven-man rotation. All players that are capable of good, you know, being good starters. But I wouldn't be surprised if a veteran comes in, you know, maybe a two-year, one-year contract. But um, overall, I think the Astros have done well this offseason. They haven't spent a lot of money and, like I said, didn't give up a lot of people. Yeah, you know, I think there was a lot of kind of panicking in those first couple of weeks after of the offseason. Oh, my God, Crane's just going to get in here and spend like crazy and get us tied up in all these expensive overpriced deals. Um, but like really, our, in just a few weeks, looking back, the Montero deal – was pretty much on par with what we've seen the rest of the market um, kind of move towards. Because you know, I would say that Montero deal was one of the first major signings of the offseason for all of baseball. Like there wasn't, yeah. there, you know, there was a pretty quiet period. And I mean, even, I mean, check the tapes, even me, myself, I was the one saying like, oh my God, this is maybe a little too uh, much money. But considering the way the rest of the Too-price. market's gone yeah. with these mega deals, not just to um, position players and superstars, but Starting pitchers, relief pitchers, you know, it, it, it's really a, a wild market out there. Um, and that's part of why I think it's a good thing the Astros are sitting back and kind of watching this happen. Um, a lot of other teams are spending a lot mm-hmm. of freaking money. Uh, the Rangers, of course, pony up for the yes. Grom. The, the Mets are spinning out their ass. Um, you know, there's a lot of yeah, the Giants, the, obviously, Yankees as well. the, the Padres, the Yankees. Yeah. And I, I think that if we've been learned anything from the last, 10 years of baseball it's that you know again like the reminder that baseball is not a team a sport that you can buy a championship in um all said and told like it's it's just not that way anymore um and i think the astros have a a strong legacy of building with homegrown talent and develop and development and i i don't think that's going anywhere um and i'd, I'd rather the astros sit back yeah. and wait and you know again let our front office guys find somebody with some value somewhere um I, and at the end of the day, the Astros are world champions. Their needs aren't that dire right now. You look at the teams that are spending all this money, they are teams that desperately need to win a championship, right? I mean, like you have the Yankees who have been scorned yeah. over and over again. You have the Padres who are looking to prove that they belong in the NL West. You have the Giants looking to get back on the top. Phillies. The Phillies absolutely looking to get over the hump. The Mets looking to get over the hump. Like those are teams that need so badly to win, and that's kind of the downside. Well, not the downside, the upside for us. But the, they're all spending all that money, but only one team gets to raise the trophy at the end of the year. And if you're not that one team, all that money is wasted. I want to see. And it's hard to say wasted, but is it is is it worth it when you inflate your payroll to half a billion dollars, and mm-hmm. you're not lifting the commissioner's trophy at the end of the year? Yeah, it's like the Rangers, too, as well, since we're talking about, you know, big signings and everything like that. Houston's going to be here for a while. I don't see us going anywhere. We're not rebuilding. You know, we're reloading and everything like that. Seattle's getting better as well, even though I'm shocked, too, that they haven't been, you know, they were really going for the shortstop market, trying to add a shortstop, you know, put Jamal, not Jamal Crawford, (laughs) Um, J.P. Crawford at second base. And try to figure out, you know, how to get better. I mean, they've done it already. They've put Colton Wong at second. J.P. Crawford's going to stay at short. Uh, adding T. Oscar Hernandez is going to be a big bat for them as well. Yeah. So I, I don't see, you know, the Rangers spending all that money for Seager, Simeon, uh, DeGrom, especially with DeGrom. I mean, we've talked about last episode. If he's not healthy, that contract is going to be a waste. 
it's just going to be a waste. Five years, right? Fully, uh, yeah, what, 182 guaranteed. million. Yeah, and you know, if he's not healthy, it's not going to help him out. And obviously, they did a lot this, um, you know, winter meetings and so far this offseason on pitching. They went to get Heaney. They went to get obviously Degrom being the biggest uh, starting pitcher on the market. So they're trying to get pitching depth. They got Jack Leiter over there. They still got Kuma Rocker in their farm system. So I I don't know what the Rangers are trying to do. I, obviously, they got a new manager too as well. I just think the Rangers aren't going to be, you know, there that they think they're going to be there already competing for the postseason, which I don't think that will happen until maybe five years from now. I think that they, especially with the expanded playoff format, there's a good chance they could sneak into the wild card. Um, you know, all, all things considered, you, like you said, it's still a tough division. Um, but the expanded playoff allows opportunities. But as far as if they make a dent, I still think their pitching has a long way to go. Um, yeah. Obviously, well, Jacob DeGrom is huge. Too as well. Yeah, obviously, Jacob DeGrom is huge. But like you said, it's Elvis is a huge concern. Um, and it's not something that you can just like pretend doesn't exist. Like his health is real. Like he hasn't thrown more than 200 innings in like, what four seasons. Um, yeah. Yet, like that's a real concern. And I think they're putting a lot of eggs in the Jack Leiter Kumar Rocker basket. Um, and from what I've briefly looked at, I don't think Kumar Rocker is developing at the rate that the Rangers they were hoping he to. would. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Leiter should be here. I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Hold up this this coming season, um, and he, that kid's nasty. But again, you guys don't always pan out at the big league level, right? We've seen stud pitchers, uh, you know, fall short when they make the call up. And I think the Rangers have have just a lot of faith in their prospects. And obviously, the Astros are a team that got here by doing that as well. And so you can't discredit that. But that's also that that doesn't work out for everybody. There's been plenty of Prospects, fielded teams, you know, young core teams that didn't win shit. And, yeah. you know, credit to the Rangers for being daring and getting out there and spending money. That's what should be the norm. I would love to see more of these weak, uncompetitive teams spend some money and get competitive because it sucks that there's, you know, what six teams in baseball that are going to have a payroll combined that's less than the Mets payroll. Like, it's just... <laughs> I don't know. It, may, it makes it less fun when you have some teams like actively stacking. And I, I know I said you can't buy championships, but you have to be able to field a competitive baseball team. And you can't do that spending no money. Um, I don't know. It, it's just, it's going to be interesting to watch. And I think that the NL West as well is kind of the, the flip version of this, where you have the Diamondbacks and you have the Rockies. They're just kind of sitting there, right? And then you have this mm-hmm. nuclear arms race between the Padres, the Giants, and the Dodgers. Who can assemble the most talent? And I think the Dodgers have had a quiet offseason. They're going after Shohei next year, and they know it. Um, but oh, that, yeah. next that division is mm-hmm. just continuously getting more lethal. The AL East is not a whole – well, I don't know how I say that. Um, the Red Sox it's is not, not bad. Good like, yeah, it, it's not bad. It's going to be – I believe it's going to be Toronto – um, New York obviously is going to stay up there, and I, like I said, I just depending on Tampa Bay, if they have the offense, they could be up there with New York. And um, I mean, really, too, and the same thing with the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays really didn't have a great season like they were hoping for last year. Obviously, 
you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. being a runner-up MVP in 21. And, you know, last year he didn't have it. But a, a fun team, too, that would be interesting to see. And I thought they would have done some moves this coming winter meetings was the Baltimore Orioles. I thought they would have done yeah. a big splash. I thought they would have made a big move at one of their shortstops. But obviously they're going to continue riding with their farm system. Gunnar Henderson's one of them. That's going to be fun. Obviously, uh, we saw how Ali Rutschman played out for them. It's just going to be interesting what uh, the East side believe, too. That's, you know, how that's going to play out. Yeah, but to go back to your original question that I got off on a tangent from, I don't think the Astros get a done deal with, with the D-backs for Varsho. Uh, oh, yeah. For, for, I think Dalton Varsho is the name that's been thrown around the most. I, he's just too expensive, man. I, too I, expensive, yeah. I do think I don't think you're right, happen. though. I do think you're right that they're going to bring in – we're going to see a veteran starting pitcher, even if it is like, you know, Corey Kluber type kind of guy that's been around just to have some some Johnny Cueto. How about a Johnny Cueto reunion? I I wouldn't hate that, honestly. I wouldn't hate that. Johnny Johnny Cueto had put his uh, profile picture with him and Dusty on it. Yeah. I remember that. Um, Yeah, no, I definitely see that that being a good possibility. But that ask from Arizona is just going to be too high for me. And honestly, I think he, the Astros they have one hole right now. They they filled first base. Well, I guess they kind of have catcher. Um, so we'll say two holes: outfield and catcher. Right? Mm-hmm. To me, outfield. I don't know how much of a priority it is. We've already talked. I think you gotta let Chaz have the center field role, um, yeah. and then left field. Everybody's talking about you know Conforto and Benintendi, but. Brain has indicated, and Bagwell and Alvarez himself have indicated that Jordan's going to play a lot of left field this year. No, he's sixty-five to seventy percent. Sixty-five is yeah. He's going to play a good chunk of games in left field. We do not need to spend forty million dollars for Andrew Benintendi. He, you know, yeah. I just that doesn't really make sense to me. I don't plus think, and yeah, especially like we're talking about a guy, whoever it is, is probably going to be the eight-hole batter in our lineup. I don't mm-hmm. really feel the need to spend a bunch of money on an eight-hole batter. You know, I yeah. want to find some value. I don't want some bum out there, but I don't know. To me, it's just not that that much of a priority, and I'm I'm the, glad that that Crane and Co. have not just thrown money into that hole. Yeah, and you plus you got to think too with the um you know the outfields you know the outfielders in the future of this franchise. You got Pedro Leon still, which everybody's hoping that he continues to develop better than that we had you know, accustomed to seeing this past year. You got Drew Gilbert, which was very promising until he had that little injury he had. Gamel, too, that was slashing in high A ball. So, it, I mean, it's not bad. If Jake Myers, too, could six. fix himself. The Astros, six of the Astros' top 11 prospects are outfielders. Or six Colin Barber as 11. well. Isn't Colin Barber an outfielder? Here, Drew Gilbert is number two. on the, This is MLB.com prospect rankings. Uh-huh. Second, Drew Gilbert. Obviously, he's not gonna he's not gonna be here for a while, but still. Pedro Leon, Colin Barber, Jacob Melton, Ryan Clifford, and Justin Durden. So like we have guys potentially on and potentially guys that are on the way. Some of them as, as probably as early as being ready this season, even later in the season. So I don't know. To me, it's a whole like outfield. And you say and you save money and you know, with yeah, like I was saying, I think you do that with Michael Brantley. You give him a one to two year contract. It could be a veteran minimum, but we know the potential he still has. I, I, there is no doubt in my mind, Uncle 
Mike has lost his touch at swinging that bat. One of the most best hitters in the game, professional as it comes. I mean, I, I personally to me, I would take my chance with him. Obviously, does it sound correct? Like, should we do that with a what thirty mid thirties? You know, outfielder. You give Alvarez some time, you'll put Michael Brantley out there. But majority of the time, like we were talking about, Alvarez is going to be the main left fielder. Michael Brantley's be the DH. So, yeah, I mean, that that's the solution I think that they should um, go through. And, I mean, push comes to shove, like, trade deadline's not until August. You know, like, you have time to I, – I think at this point, there's not a free agent outfielder out there that's going to be any big kind of splash. So you have time to – make a trade if needed or wait till the deadline and find somebody from some, you know, out of the, out of the running team that needs to sell. I just, I, it's not a priority to me and something I don't want to see the Astros over leverage themselves on right now. Yeah. But they did say they'll kick the tires on Jay, uh, Jay McCarthy and Alec Thomas though, of them outfielders in Arizona. I mean, they're pretty young too, but I mean, Jay McCarthy had a great year this past uh, season. 283 batting average and uh 769 OPS OPS plus 118. So and then Alex Thomas is a great defender too. He's very underrated, very underrated center fielder. But um I, I like he said, I like Chaz. I think he does deserve it after the postseason. He did show out, he did make one of the most amazing plays in World Series history. I know in franchise history for sure. But I th- I think you gotta ride with Chaz until you know something happens, hopefully nothing serious. Yeah, and I, I think, like, his continued development, his trajectory, he's never going to be a world killer. Like, he's not he's not going to just suddenly become a 30-home run guy. But yeah, he he gets on base, man. He, he, he gets on base. Great numbers comes, against left-handed pitchers, too. So Yeah, and then at the very least, working on some kind of platoon. But we'll see. And then as far as catcher goes, I just don't know what options are left out there. I think Jorge Alfaro is out there. Did, did Tucker Barnhart sign? Did I make that up, or did, is he still floating? I think he's still playing. I don't see anything reported about him. I know Omar Navani is, is going to the Mets yeah. on a one-year deal. But Tucker Barnhart, on the other hand, I don't think. I haven't seen anything recently I be with him going anywhere. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Astros sign him just to have another lefty bat. But, I mean, he's barely an offensive upgrade over Maldonado. Um, so, I don't really yeah. see- you know, just if that if we signed Barnhart, it would literally be just to have a lefty bat in the lineup. I, I um, would go after Alfaro or Roberto Perez. They got experience, obviously, being in yeah. that backup role, and I. But they're two great hitting catchers as well. Yeah, I, I, I unless they feel unless the front office feels like Corey Lee and or Yanir Diaz is ready yet, I just don't think either one of them is quite there yet. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I and mean, if we carry three catchers for the season, big whoop. Like, that's fine. We're not going to – I don't know if we – I don't know if we carry – you think we carry both Dubon and Hensley the majority of the year? I mean, I honestly think they do. I, I think they do. I wouldn't be surprised okay, so, if Jake Myers gets sent down. I was just because – just because what you call it, Dubon could play outfield. Hensley, too, could play left field. Um, but I think I'll see David Hensley more as a first baseman, third baseman, uh, bench role. Basically, yeah, I, the utility I, part. I, I would I would say the same. It's just, and it sucks for Jake Myers, man. And 
there's part of me that sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about Jake Myers. He could come back and be part of the center field conversation. And he could, but I just, I don't know where to go with him at this point. Um, watching him scared to swing the bat in the World Series, I was like, yeah. Now, ALCS, ALCS. I was like, no. I mean, David Hensley had, I think, the single hit from that seven hole or eight hole spot between Diaz, Mancini, and Myers, I believe. I don't think Myers played actually. It was Mancini and Diaz. He was the only one that got a hit. Yeah, it's, it's tough, but I think that regardless of upgrade, we, I mean, the Jose Abreu upgrade is huge. Um, yes. And we already have seen the lethality of his offense. Uh, we're just kind of splitting hairs here, and that's one. Uh, that's one thing that people are forgetting is that you can't, as much as we would all love for the Astros to have monsters one through nine, baseball just doesn't work like that. It, it just doesn't. Nope. The Astros are extremely spoiled, and the fact that our one through seven looks the way that it does right now, yeah. right? Like that's that's rare. That's special. That is how you win a championship, but. You know, you never have one through nine of guys that are hitting two sixty-five plus with bomb. You know, like it just it doesn't always work like that. And it's not worth chasing it's not worth chasing these big mega contracts um and high dollar, high leverage deals just so you can have the best eight hole hitter in the league, in my opinion. <laughs> so speaking of, let's talk about some around the league, uh some of these big nasty contracts. Uh it has been a monster offseason. We mentioned earlier. Um, we have seen some absolutely bananas contracts been handed out. Um, the biggest one of them all, Aaron Judge. As we were recording our last episode, it was the same night that the arson judge comment had been made. It looked like uh, Aaron Judge was ha- headed to San Francisco. I certainly thought so. No, I did yet, too. The next morning, bright and early, heck, it was so dark in San Francisco. Uh, Aaron Judge <laughs> back with the New York Yankees, nine years, three hundred and sixty million dollars. I gotta admit, I was surprised. Um, I really thought that he was going to San Francisco. I guess I fell for all of his negotiating tactics. Scott Boris, uh, what a guy! But I don't know. For me, like when because that nine years, three sixty million, that is also the Giants' reported offer. And the fact that he had yeah. identical offers and chose to go back to the Yankees, I don't know. I just kind of, kind of. He had he he had said something about like, oh, well, the money. I really don't care for the money. I care for like, um, basically, uh, the person that he is, that he is, the legacy that he's gonna leave with the Yankees. That was a bunch of BS. I thought I'm like, no, don't. If he wasn't caring about the money, then why we're signing a high dollar contract? If you don't care right. about the money, but honestly, like like you had said, I predicted he was going to the Giants. I did not think that, and that John Heeman tweet, and I was telling you all fair, that was on purpose. That had to be on purpose. Then New York could get their crap together. Obviously, John Heeman writes for the uh, the New York Times or the New York Journal, whatever the hell it is over there in New York. And. The New York Post, that's what I meant. Tabloid, basically. Yeah, so, you know, obviously he's going to try to give the Yankees a shot, a last-minute shot to give their best offer for Judge, then Judge would, you know, stay in New York. But overall, nine years, $360 million. They paid, what, Cole, $300 million. Giancarlo has $300 million. I'm $300 million over there, and they still can't be the Astros. 
No, and, and I would have loved to have seen him get out of the American League. But, I mean, here, here's the grain of salt I take with this. Judges, judge isn't going to be judge for nine years. There's mm-hmm. simply no way. He's he, That season he, he just finished, that won't happen again, like realistically. Um, and that's, you know, I, whatever, you know, Goldilocks balls or not, like he's not going to hit 60 home runs again. 60 in home his runs. Career. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. And, and he may have some great seasons, but, I mean, a guy of, like of his size and a guy who already has back issues in his career, he's not playing to the age 39 and he probably realistically only has, I would say three, four years of truly being a prime player still um, before maybe maybe another MVP too. Yeah. And and maybe so. And so, you know, if that's what the Yankees want, it's worth it, but just that, that contract over the long term, I don't think it's going to pay off all that well. And I wonder if that's part of the deal with judge is, you know, let's be honest. Yankee Stadium is a bit friendlier for home runs in San Francisco. You know, do you want to go to a stadium that's going to take away the best part of you um, or reduce it? And, and you know, stuff like that matters, I guess. Um, but it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I don't – I think I think the Yankees are still – I think they have so many fundamental problems with that team still that they're, they're not patched. Um, they, you know, they, they, re, they return Rizzo. They return Judge. Um, Donaldson's they back did. for another year. Yeah, they got LeMahieu too from that uh, last year's contract, and he didn't play healthy this year. No. Um, Glaber Torres is still there. I thought they would have traded him already. I think they're still going to trade him. I wouldn't you be surprised so? to see it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get traded. And because you know, they, they just have... signed I- IKF too, just signed another year with them this past year. Yeah, I, yeah. I... Which that he he may be gone. They could probably get rid of him. <laughs> um, I mean, because they got Andrew Volpe. Andrew Volpe has been really promising over there for them in their yeah. farm system. He's been hitting pretty well. And they got, you know, Cabrera and Peraza that are coming up. Like, they have guys, but they're, but they're so locked up with Judge and Stanton and Cole that I don't, I don't know how many more. I don't know how much, I don't know how much more they can spend. Uh, yeah, but Gi- they, I mean, Giants put a lot of pressure on them, too, to make them oh, get yeah. that deal. If, Absolutely. Because if they didn't sign Judge – then they're going to be searching for each position player quickly and possibly possibly Correa could have went to New York if we didn't even know. But, um, I mean, the Giants put a real lot of pressure on them to make that deal. A lot. Absolutely. Well, I think, I think pressure was there, and absolutely Giants, like, took advantage of it. Um, and then, you know, the Yankees go out and sign Carlos Rodon for six years, $162 million, which kind of surprised me. I really, after they spent that money on Judge, I just like looking at their payroll. I was like, man, I don't know how much more they can give to these big ticket guys. Um, yeah. I, I was like, they got to be in filling the gaps mode for a couple of years so they can get some of so they, until they can get Aaron Hicks off the books. Um, and some of those guys, but uh, yeah, the Carlos Rodon headed to the Bronx. That rotation is like a is like coin flip city to me. Yeah, you got what you got Cole Cortez. Now you got Rodon, Severino, Montes, and who would be? Oh, Frankie Montes. Frankie Montes. Frankie Montes just has to stay healthy. He was he hasn't been healthy these past two years, so ah, man, I don't know. I, I think the Yankees are still the same to me. I think we have a great success, and we even add a Yankee killer and Jose Abreu too. So I mean, yeah, I'm I'm really confident how we are against the Yankees lined up for a while. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think the Yankees got better. I, I don't think they got better, no. uh, which I think that's got to be your goal going into the offseason. I think the Astros have gotten better. Um, the Yankees did not get better. Uh, one team that did get better, though, staying in the AL East is the Blue Jays. Uh, Blue Jays, obviously, you know, they like you mentioned, they had some disappointing offensive production, but their biggest problem was starting pitching last season. Uh, they mm. were stretching relief guys in the starting roles starting in, like, June. Uh, they couldn't get healthy. They couldn't stay healthy. Their guys, they just weren't there. Uh, but they go out. And, Berrios. I mean, yeah. guys being the biggest ones, I think they were both trade traded, and they didn't promise a lot for Toronto. Yeah, no, they did not turn out. Uh, and like you, you had Ross Stripling move into the starting role. Um, like the times are tough. Uh, but they go out and they sign Chris Bassett for three years, $63 million with a no full no trade clause. I think that's a great get for for Toronto. Obviously, they need starting yeah. pitching help. Uh, I think Chris Bassett's probably undervalued in this market. Um, mm-hmm. he's he's going to be strong for them. And and then the AL East, uh, that's going to just contribute to making an already competitive division more competitive. Uh, the Blue Jays also signed Kevin Kiermeyer one year, nine million dollars, uh, outfielder. He's no Teoscar Hernandez. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Blue Jays. If there's anybody who's out there competing with the Astros for anybody, any outfielders, it's probably Toronto. Um, but a good pickup for them nonetheless. Yeah, I think they were kind of shaky about having George being in center for a while. So that's why they made that move. Now you put, I think George is going to be more comfortable now, right? Field. And now you could put Kevin Kiermaier, obviously, great experience playing center field. What? Two, three gold gloves. He has a bunch of platinum yeah. gloves as well. I mean, he's really there for his. For his defense, and he moves from one turf field in Tropicana to another in the Rogers Center. Thirty-two years old, one like you were saying, one year, nine million. I don't know. That was a guy that I was kind of looking at right there. I was really, yeah, kind of looking into getting Kevin Kiermaier. I wouldn't mind him because obviously he's still a good defender. But I think the probably the way that the Astros didn't get him because of injuries. I think that was the biggest killer. Yeah, and that's for sure a worry. Um, and, you, and you still got, you still got. I think you still got to look at that Blue Jays lineup and 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 just that whole team and just think, ooh, injury bug when it comes through here. I mean, Love Springer, he's an injury magnet. Uh, you know, Bo Bichette struggled with injuries this year. Um, I don't think I don't think Vladdy's had an energy injury yet. No. I think Kevin Kiermaier, like, ooh, I don't know, man. It's so, I think they got to get some a couple more sturdier pieces in there. Um, but definitely want to see them give the Yankees a bit of a run for their money. Also in the AL East, the Boston Red Sox obviously lose Xander Bogarts in free agency, which we'll get to in a little bit, heading out west to San Diego. Uh, but they do sign Masataka Yoshida from uh, Japan. Five years, $90 million, plus a $15.4 million posting fee to his NPB club. Um, going to be interesting. I wouldn't have minded. I knew, I, I knew they weren't going to, but... It would have been interesting to me if, if the Astros would have uh, looked at Yoshida. I you know, I don't know the Astros ever signing a, a guy straight from Japan um, <laughs> like that. So I didn't think they would. But it makes sense he's going to Boston. Um, it just seems like a good fit. That's kind of expensive, though, for... Yeah, 105, $105.4 million to for, a... I don't know how old... Masataka is. I know yeah, he has great offensive numbers, though. I know for sure he has great offensive numbers. His OPS is 
pretty damn good. Um, but I don't know how long, you know, obviously there's been two Japanese players coming into the U.S. this year, and this guy's one of them. But I don't know his age. I don't know how. I'm 29 years old. That's how old he is. But OPS, oh, yeah. batting average, slugging percentage is pretty damn good for them. And they obviously need some offensive you know, the offensive help since Xander Bogarts had left uh, Boston. And now they get to focus on Rafael Devers. I think they got to lock him in. If you don't lock up uh, Devers, Chain, Chain Bloom is really screwing up that franchise because he let Mookie Betts go on a trade. He let For Xander nothing. Bogarts leave. And if you leave, uh, if you have Rafael Devers walk out on free, you know, to free agency, that's, I mean, Boston's just, it's not going to be good. Yeah, no, I I think they definitely absolutely they definitely have to commit that money to Devers, um, especially when you look at the Mookie Betts deal, their best prospect that Boston got in return was Jeter Downs, and they just they just DFA'd him. Um, so yeah, that it, it's not looking great over in, over in Boston. Um, obviously their 2022 season was a bit of a disappointment, coming off of an ALCS appearance in 21. I would say right now. The Red Sox are not poised to be a contender in the AL East. Um, I, I think just the gap is so big there. You never know. Um, again, Masaki Yoshida, like you said, posted big numbers in, in Japan. But those – the Japanese guys, it's like it's like a lottery ticket. You either win it big or it, it doesn't really work out, you know. Yeah, it, pretty, it, pretty we, much. We've seen it, you know, both ways. Um, but it remains to be seen how that will work out for them. And then the Orioles to round out the AL East um, have been much quieter than I expected. I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Uh, I really thought that they would be more active in some of these uh, shortstop conversations. They haven't really come up at all. I mean, they were briefly mentioned as a team interested in Correa, but I think they got priced out pretty quick in that market. Um, maybe their team still in on Dansby Swanson. That's not being mm-hmm. talked about. Um but they their one move is signing infielder Adam Frazier, one year, $9 million, uh, coming out of Seattle. And it's a good move from them, getting a, a veteran clubhouse presence to take over first base. Um, I'm assuming they're first base uh, with Trey Mancini, who also has still not been signed yet. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Shocking. I'm kind of surprised he's not found a home yet. Um, it's all right. He got married, though, this past weekend or this past week. So congrats to oh, him. Did he? Yay, congrats to his Trey. wife. Yeah. yeah, we know we, Trey. We know you're listening right now, so congratulations. Um, and so that's the AL East heading over to the AL Central. Been relatively quiet there as well. Uh, the Royals signed Ryan Yarbrough, one year, three million dollars. Little starting pitching help. Uh, they're in a rebuild mode for sure. Oh, they yeah. have some. They have some good young pieces to build around, um, but they need all the help they can get, especially in the pitching department. Uh, Cleveland Guardians. Signed Mike Zunino, one year, $6 million. I think that's a good pickup for them. Obviously, also just uh, signing Josh Bell earlier in the winter meetings. They're, I think, going to be a pretty solid team. I, I would Dude, say they're – I think they're going to be – they're going to be fun to watch. I know that for they sure. They are. They're going to be so um, fun to watch. They're, I would say they're for sure the favorites to win the AL Central by quite a yeah. bit. Um, and I think they could really be a team that makes some noise in the postseason. Um especially if they end up via trade or something, getting like a real stud starting pitcher, another stud starting pitcher, uh, that could be a real nasty team. Uh, and then the, the Minnesota Twins replaced Gary Sanchez with Christian Vasquez. 
Uh, obviously, there were some talks about Vasquez returning to the Astros. It seems like it wasn't a money thing. It was a playing time thing because yeah. uh, Christian Vasquez wanted to start, and I don't blame him. You know, he was mm-hmm. a starter for the Red Sox. He, you know, there's a lot of conversation about is he going to adjust to the backup role in Houston when we traded for him? And he did great here. Always going to be thankful for him. I think he really enjoyed his time in Houston. Uh, he retweeted us the other day. How did he? Yeah. He retweeted our tweet thanking him for his time in Houston. Uh, oh, Christian Vasquez, so, you're too sweet. Yeah. Um, so he, <laughs> he said he said to Minnesota for three years, $30 million. Uh, his days of winning rings might be behind him, but go get your bag, hey. King. Yes, you got two rings already. Um, yeah, I'm so excited for him. I didn't even know that, dude. I just barely find a gal right now. That's pretty damn cool. But the Central, you know, obviously, I think, like you were saying, the Guardians, I think, are going to be the favorite. Like I was saying, they're a fun team to watch. They were young. They were the youngest postseason team uh, last year. And you got Miles Straw. You got uh, Andres Jimenez. You got Josh Bell. They got a lot of switch hitters in that lineup as well. They got a lot um, of pitch- lefties and switches, yeah. Yeah, pitching still there with Shane Bieber. I think Zach Plesac still there. Um, they obviously they got the best closer in the American League with Emmanuel Classe. And oh, do you know the anniversary from yesterday? You know which anniversary it was from the Rangers trading Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber going to the Rangers and Emmanuel Classe and another <laughs> prospect going oh. to uh, Cleveland. So that was the anniversary date for that. But uh, getting off track, I, I think they're going to win the Central. And, man, I just – White Sox have so much talent there that's getting wasted. I'm sorry to, like, just see that, dude. Just go to waste after having a great year in 21 and then, you know, 22 injuries, uh, managerial decisions, and then, of course, Tony LaRusso's health. And, I mean, it just sucks because, I mean, that team had – you know, still has great talent. I mean, Luis Robert – but he battles with injuries. Eloy Jimenez battles with injuries. They just lost Jose Abreu. Um, Yasmani Grandal wasn't the Yasmani Grandal in, in uh, Milwaukee. So, I mean, they'll get to see Andrew Vaughn more at first base if you, you, you know, if you can see the plus side of that. But, um, mm. yeah, I mean, that was my take with the Central. I think the Guardians and I think Kansas City fights for a wild card this year, actually. I'm, I'm really excited to see how they, you know, continue um, – to rebuild. Yeah, I think that they're kind of slept on. That that division was probably the worst in baseball last year. Um I guess. Um both the central divisions. I feel like everybody's just headed to the east and west divisions in both leagues. <laughs> um but I, I think that the, the Guardians again are a clear favorite here, but there's a lot of fun there. And you know the White Sox, man, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Um no. they have they don't seem to be making any moves. They didn't. They just sat there at the trade deadline last year. They just seem to be sitting there right now, and they have some real talent. Like Tim Anderson, I think is very slept on. You talk about the you know some of the best shortstops in, in the game, um, and Luis Roberts out there too. That's a guy. If the White Sox are tanking next year and they're really bad, Luis Roberts is a guy that I would love to look at in a trade. Why not? Um, There's going to be a lot of prospects for him. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how much time he's got. I don't I, know how his team control is. Man, I don't know. I, I I feel like you. They would be asking a lot. I mean, really now. Nowadays, now the GMs are starting to ask for a lot. Ever since that Juan Soto yeah. deal, now if you look at Brian Reynolds, the Pirates are asking a lot, like a Juan Soto package for him. Um, yeah. 
there's another player that's on the Dalton Marshall we just talked about. Arizona wants a high price for him. So, I mean, if you really think we could get Luis Robert for a good, you know, not our I guess top it just prospects, depends. It just depends how the market calms down between now and then, um, or if it doesn't. Uh, but heading over to the National League, in the National League East, uh, it's the it's the Steve Cohen show. It's the New York Mets, 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 Mets. They're spending money left and right. Uh, they re-signed Brandon Nimmo, eight years, $162 million. Uh, I think that is his Kyle Tucker goodbye for the Astros fans. Uh, I think I, I think, think Brandon so. Nimmo is probably the closest comparison that you could find for Tucker uh, mm. in the league. I don't think so. I think Kyle Tucker is way better than Brandon Nimmo, so I think he'll get think paid over. His numbers are not are, aren't all that different. Just wait till the shift, dude. Just wait. And, and that's I, true. I'm telling you, dude. This I'm year he's right going to be a though. 300 hitter. Oh yeah, but this year coming up for 2023, and you know the rest <clears throat> since they're banning the shift. Tucker's hand 300. He's going to hit over 300. Could yeah, so, and this is going to well. drive his price up even more, so we'll see. Uh, David Robertson, one year, $10 million. Jose Quintana, two years, $26 million. And then the Mets go out and get the other Japanese uh, player transitioning to MLB this year, and Kodai Singa, five years, $75 million, which that's going to be real interesting to see because there's a lot of talk that he's not even going to be a starter, that, he's probably got, that he may have to be in a relief role. And I don't understand why would they do that since they spent all that money on him. He's been a starting pitcher over there for Team Japan. You know, the World Baseball Classic, I don't know if you've seen the highlights. He has a great changeup. That thing drops pretty good. I wonder what's the spin rate on, on that. But, um, I, I man, I'd be shocked if they put him in a relief role. They they needed starting pitching because after DeGrom left, you, I mean, let's break it down real quick. You got now Justin Verlander. You have Max Scherzer still there. Taiwan Walker left. Chris Bassett left. Jacob DeGrom left. So that's three, you know, starting pitching yeah. spots open. You go out and get Justin Verlander. You get Jose Quintana. Uh, you still got Carlos Carrasco as well. Co- I mean, he has to be, Cody Singa has to, uh, Singa has to be the fifth option in that rotation. Yeah, I, I guess I just don't so. see him being, I just don't see him being in the bullpen, especially spending that much for a, you know, quote unquote bullpen player i don't think he would be in that role but it'll be interesting what the mets do i mean daddy cohen just spent a buckload of money yeah yeah he, he's clearly showing he has no problem throwing his money around um and the nl east is going to be just as competitive this year as it was last year um yeah. the phillies have made some good additions obviously the phillies are going to start the season without bryce harper um uh, for the first half of the season which is going to hurt them um but the Braves ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Phillies are still a good team, even outside of Harper. They still have some 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 dudes on there that can hurt you, and they've gotten better. Um, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that paying all that money is anything of any kind of a lock for the Mets. They still have um, some guys that just kind of tend to fall off the face of the earth for a little bit. You know, Pete Alonso, as good as he is, he just he just disappears for like two weeks. And you know, Francisco Lindor is really not all that different either. They they just kind of I don't know, deuce out and go in go in some pretty bad slumps there for a little bit. Um but in the NL West, San Diego, the Padres, after missing out on Judge, who they apparently did make an offer to, uh, and throwing and making no 
mistake. They were they were willing to spend some money. The Padres cash in on Xander Bogarts, uh, eleven years, two hundred eighty million dollars, full no trade clause. Uh, they've got their shortstop. I think obviously you're gonna see obviously, but you're more likely gonna see Tatis move to left field. I think is is very likely to happen, uh, which is kind of weird. I I I'm interested to see how that situation is gonna play out. Um, or if they can convince Bogarts to play third or what, because like I know that piece is like your Yo, how are you gonna franchise. tell him, how are you gonna take Manny Machado's place at third? I know, but I, I, that's one of the I, things I, I saw somebody most... saying but Bogarts at third. I guess DH Machado. Yeah, I think it's more than likely that Fernando Tatis is gonna be in the outfield now. You move Drake yeah. Jake Cronenworth to first base, uh Trent Grisham is going to play center. You got Juan Soto in the outfield. Then second base, you'll have um, uh, Young come. What, what's his name? God, man. Um, the Japanese ball player, Young yeah. Sung Kim. That's what I'm thinking. You'll have him at second. And uh, obviously, Austin Nola patrols in the catching role. You could put him at DH, but I don't know if Manny Machado is going to like that. I think Manny's pretty good at third. Staying there, um, yeah. But Xander Bogarts, I think, will probably stay at short, and they'll probably move Fernando in the outfield. Yeah, I, I, I think so as well. Um, but that, that again, that arm race we mentioned that West just keeps spending money, spending money, spending money. We'll see how it plays off for anybody. Obviously, the Padres fell short last year to the Phillies. Um, that division's continue going to continue to be a gauntlet to get out of because the Giants got better too. Uh, the Giants add some much-needed pitching depth, uh, signing Sean Manea for two years, $25 million. Ross Stripling also for two years, $25 million. But the big-ticket item are Carlitos. Carlos Correa, 13 years, $350 million. Uh, headed to the Golden Gate State, the Golden Gate City, uh, where he is going to be the face <laughs> of that franchise. He's going to be their superstar. He is their leader. He's the guy. Uh, and you know, San Francisco. I, I like San Francisco. They're kind of like a, a NL team that I, I I root for on the side. Um, that's the kind of guy you can build around, and I think that's what that's what Correa deserves. He deserves to be a guy that is the core, and and you can build a team around him. He's got the leadership. He's got the swagger. He's got the glove. He's got the bat, and. I truly hope that he has success there in everything but the World Series against the Astros. Yeah, I think it was a great signing. Of course, people has their opinions saying, well, man, 13 years. He'll we'll be this age, this age. Um, he'll be 40 something. That doesn't matter. You got to focus on now. I mean, the West is going to be competitive for a good while, especially with San Diego making all these signings. They now one of the best, one of their best players. If you know, hopefully the steroid use that he did or wasn't a factor to his play, but Padres are going to be there for a while. Obviously, the Dodgers, like you said, I think they're going to go after Shohei Otani next year. They're still going to be competitive. If you want to be, you know, still continue to be a competitive team, you got to make some signings, and I think this was probably one of the best signings after Judge, losing out on Judge. I mean, they lost out on a lot of people in free agents. They lost out on him. They lost out on uh, Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner, Carlos Rodon. Obviously, Carlos Rodon wasn't going to go back, but 
they lost out lost out on a lot of people. And with Carlos Correa, I think this was probably the best signing they could do. Like you said, I think he's great to be, you know, great to build around. He has veteran presence. He has a leader, um, you know, that voice, that leadership role. He he's everything, a captain. I I personally believe he was our captain when he was in Houston. Obviously, I think a lot of us would have loved him to stay, but you know, the man wants to get paid, let him go get paid. And sure enough, I mean, got paid. He's now the highest paid shortstop in well, I don't know about major league history, but I know for right now, well, yeah, major league history. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great signing. Obviously. They got some time to figure out how they're going to build around. I think you're going to start seeing Carlos Correa at short and Brandon Crawford at third. And Brandon Crawford was the last, you know, teammate, you know, active player from that 2014 World Series yeah. uh, champion roster. So I don't think he'll be there coming next year since his contract will be ending. But Carlos Correa, again, that bag, I mean, it's very excited to see that. What I'm, what I'm interested to watch, though, is I do not feel like Carlos Correa and Gabe Kepler are like a fit. Those guys seem like they're gonna they're just gonna be like I don't know. I, I just that feel, uh, I feel like that relationship is weird. You know I'm, what I mean? I'm gonna yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm what I'm really looking forward to is seeing Carlos Correa go to Dodger Stadium for oh, what, 19 yeah. times. They're gonna be playing 19 yeah. <laughs> times against the Dodgers this year. Obviously, no one's gonna like that. And you know, obviously the two that the Dodgers didn't want to bring in Correa because they didn't want to ruin their, um, you know, the fans' reputation of the Dodgers, all that BS. I think that was pretty stupid, if you ask me. You one of the best shortstops in the market, and you're afraid that your fan base is gonna, you know, go against you. Come on now. Yeah, it. it you can't. You can't give in to stuff like that. Uh, I think it's just kind of a smokescreen again. That was code for we don't want to spend money on Correa that we're gonna spend on. <laughs> Bigger, bigger fish to fry. Uh, elsewhere in the NL West, the Rockies signed Pierce Johnson, uh, right-hand early pitcher for one year, $5 million. And the Dodgers take a one-year contract on Noah Syndergaard, uh, which is a bit of an interesting pickup. Um, good for Syndergaard, I guess. Kind of makes sense for the Dodgers. Uh, I feel like, again, they're not in the business. They're not in the, the spot right now to spend a lot of money. Um, I also, there's something going on with like Trevor Bauer and basically the court is trying to uphold his, uh, or determine if the MLB can continue to spend, suspend him without pay. And if they overturn it, then the Dodgers owe him like his full contract or something. They're not like how, super- how many years, how many years did the Dodgers, um, sign him for? I know he got an extension after, uh, winning that Cy Young, but yeah. I can't think in the top I'm of not- my head. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I would probably say six or seven, but I know like nice. if whatever the ruling is, one of the outcomes is that the Dodgers have to pay him every years from the last two. Three, yeah, yeah, three years, one hundred two million. So obviously, his first year was that a trade when they got him? Was it at the trade deadline, or was that like in the beginning no, of the him, season? They signed him in the off season. Off season. Okay, so. But this would be his second year or going into his third year of that contract? Going into his third year. Because, he's yeah, he signed that contract after the 2020 season. Yeah, he'll be a free agent. He'll be a free agent in 2024. Uh, Next year is his uh, last year 
on the as a Dodger. And I'm pretty sure I think that'll be his last time playing baseball. I don't see any team really picking him up after this whole sexual abuse scandal and all this, you know, crap. No, I don't think so either. Um Karma's a bitch. What can you say? Yeah. yeah. Um anyway, but there's a lot of, lot of free agent sightings going on. We've had a few minor trades here and there, but we also got the first big one. We got a three-way. We got a three-way trade uh, <laughs> went down, and I got to admit, it was not one that I was expecting. And at first glance, I I, I really had to like read this twice. Um, just not only the three teams involved, but what was given up here. Uh, so the, the key piece, the centerpiece of the trade between the Braves, the Brewers, and the A's was the Braves acquiring Oakland A's catcher Sean Murphy. Now, we've talked about Sean Murphy. Uh, obviously, he was linked to conversations with the Astros as far as trade goes. And we said, no, that'd be too expensive of a package. I don't see the Astros actually going for that. Well, apparently, it didn't really take all that much, maybe, um, to be able to pull Sean Murphy off. Uh, the Braves get Sean Murphy. The Brewers give up. Uh, utility player Estieri Ruiz, and they acquire William Contreras from the Braves, as well as uh, pitchers Justin Yeager and Joel Piamps. Meanwhile, the A's return uh, the Braves' number one prospect. They do get their prospect, uh, left-handed pitcher Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Mueller, uh, as well as Estieri Ruiz from the Brewers. And then also from the Braves, Freddie Tarnock and Roybert Salinas, pitchers as well as catcher Manny Pena. Um, so a lot of prospects going back and forth here. Uh, if I'm an A's fan, I'm pissed. Like, that's not – they said that the whole thing was they wanted MLB-ready guys, right? Like, that's, that was yeah. all of the rumors were saying that the A's didn't want prospects. They wanted guys that were with MLB service time, and they didn't get any of them. Weird trade, weird trade. I think it's good for the Braves, obviously, getting Sean Murphy, but weird trade. Yeah, even for the Brewers as well, William Contreras. Uh, they lost Omar Navanias this year. And now you have William Contreras, who has a great bat. He's a good defensive catcher. Obviously, his brother's Wilson Contreras. But um, I need. I think the Brewers needed somebody you know, strong in that middle of the lineup, and William Contreras is probably their best bet. He's under yeah. club control for a good while, too, so... I mean, the Brewers are going to be just fine um, with their new catcher now. Yeah, that's a great trade for the Brewers. They gave up one prospect uh, and got three guys, including yeah. like I said, a middle, a well, middle of the lineup everyday catcher. Yeah, like that, they they gave a they gave a Manny Pina as well. But I thought Manny Pina Ruiz isn't really was their only. I believe Manny Manny Pina came from the Brewers because. And then plus, you know, for the Braves too, since we're on topic, yeah, he he's coming from the Brewers, Manny Pena. Oh, okay. The but Braves still. too, they're gonna have um, you know, Travis Darno is gonna be a a free agent this coming year. His contract ends yeah. this season coming up, so you'll have Sean Murphy under contract to what twenty twenty five, and of yeah. course they're still building. I mean, gosh, Spencer's. I mean, I've said it the other day, Spencer Strider. Um, they locked him in for a while. Obviously, Michael Harris, too, the rookie of the year. Ronald Acuna. Alex, I don't even know how you say his last name. The GM for the Braves is just finessing people left and right. Anthopolis? Anthopop- what? Anthopop- 
Los Anthropolis, I think. Anthropo sounds like I'm almost, I'm almost taking an anthropology class, but um, I mean, I think Braves and Brewers won this trade. I personally, to me, I think the Brewers though won this one big time. Oh yeah, I, d- I definitely think so. Um, but I, I yeah, I, I don't know what the Athletics are doing. I don't know what their long term plan is here. Um, they're gonna have this upcoming season. They're gonna have one guy in their lineup who was on in the start in the everyday lineup in 2021. <laughs> And it's Ramon Laureano. Uh, the other eight members of that lineup have since left or retired. Um, it's kind of easy to see why they don't really keep the stadium filled. Uh, which that's you know kind of a whole other thing. Las is, Vegas, here we come, baby. Yeah, Rob Manfred is acting like it's past the point of no return. Um, maybe they will be the Las Las Vegas A's if we know it. I mean, they um, already had Oakland Raiders move. Now it's going to be the Las Vegas. Uh... Las Vegas Athletics out there now. Do you think they so, would just uh, share a stadium with the with the Raiders again? I would I would think they'd have to, right? Who the the A's? Do you think they could just play in oh, there, no. or do you think they're going to build them their, so. their own stadium? They got to build their own stadium. There's no way. Um, I don't even Allegiant Stadium. I believe that's what Las Vegas Raiders Stadium is called. I don't, I don't think they're going to. It's not going to be the Coliseum all over again. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. They need to build. Isn't there a minor league team that plays in Las Vegas? Oh, no. They play in mm-hmm. Reno. No, Vegas has the Aviators. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they could share a field with them. They play. They could have scrimmages with their AAA team because that's how they play. Their whole team is pretty damn bad. So might as well see which yeah. team, you know, could go up and play for the athletics. Honestly. Um, and then some other rumors. Obviously, most of the big names are off the board by this point. Dansby Swanson, kind of one of the last ones up there. Uh, shortstop sweepstakes. He made the decision. I believe he opted out of his contract with the his, his last year with, with the Braves, or he declined his qualifying offer. I'm not, I can't remember which one. Um, there's a number of teams still looking at him. Uh, the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Twins all in there. I would say, like, I'm, it's where I'm surprised the Orioles are not in the conversation here. Um, as far, as yeah, far I as thought they. That, would, that's what I'm saying. I thought they would have at least kind of kicked the tires on looking at one or trying to make a deal with one because I think yeah. they're ready, dude. They showed last year that they were so close to making to the wild card. What about two or three games short? That's yeah. the next step is to sign a veteran player that could get you there. And I thought Correa would have been the best one, especially him and Mike Elias and uh, Sigma Dell having great connections from them days with the Astros. I thought that would have been a perfect fit. Obviously, though, Correa's going for the bag. Completely understand, but you still got Dansby Swanson on the board. Great hitter. I mean, his offensive numbers have, you know, increased throughout this whole um, 22 season, including 21. Go Glover, too. I mean, his stock is just going up. He's getting better each and every year. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams, like you said, that are still on him. Twins are going to make a push on him now since Correa is not there. And I thought they would have just stick with Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis was their top prospect, and he's a shortstop. So, I I don't know. Cardinals, too. It'll be interesting. I think it could be a possibility that he... Either. Oh, yeah, you can't. But I I have a strong feeling that he'll go to Chicago. Because his wife, they just got recently married this past weekend too, and um, his wife plays for the Chicago whatever, whichever uh, woman's MLS team. Um, 
is located. I think I think it's the Red Stars, the Chicago Red Stars. Um, but I mean that that could be a strong connection for him to go over there. You know, yeah. him and his wife settle down in Chicago. But Swanton sweepstakes, they're they're coming now. It's all up to him where he's gonna want to go. Yeah, and then also Max Freed, uh, looking to leave Atlanta possibly. Uh, if the Braves are not able to negotiate a contract extension, it's believed that they will, will begin exploring trade options. Uh, he will, needless to say, will be one of the biggest trade chips if he gets put on the table. Um, he's a great young pitcher, and I could definitely see him ending up. That's a guy I could see the Dodgers being willing to come out of their spending money for. Um, I don't think that's a deal the Astros are going to come close to for a trade. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a pretty strong market for Max Freed um, should the Braves put him up to trade. If you think about it, they'll get all their prospects back that they gave up for yeah. Olsen and uh, Murphy. So they'll, yeah. they'll get something back if Freed and them don't lend uh, an extension. But if you let Max Freed walk, though, too, that they're still going to be good. They're still going to be competitive. Yeah, uh, they, they will for sure. Excuse me. And especially, like he said, they're going to return prospects for that, and there's no reason. And they've shown, not unlike the Astros, the ability to uh, develop guys and find guys pretty well. And then finally, in World Baseball Classic news, uh, not a whole lot going on, but we did get some additional Team USA additions. Uh, from the Colorado Rockies, closer Daniel Bard. Uh, the Cardinals, St. Uh, Miles Mikolas is added, um, starting pitcher. Padres right-handed pitcher Nick Martinez, Chicago White Sox starting pitcher Lance Lynn, free agent starting pitcher Nate Uvalde, who is another guy I'd kind of forgotten about. I'm so interested to who he's going to land. Uh, and then from the Mets, Adam Ottavino. Uh, so we're starting to see those rosters pretty much fully form and line up as we get closer to that uh, World Baseball Classic beginning in March. It's going to be a, a real fun time and get excited for it. Yeah, I was gonna say Nathan Uvalde, Alvin Texas boy. Maybe he could land up in Houston, or I'm pretty sure maybe in yeah. Texas, uh, in Arlington. So, and and I think that's my hot take. I mean, I'm telling you, I have a feeling if they do, for some reason, if Crane still wants to do a trade for one of these outfielders, and obviously we have to let go of one of uh, the starting pitchers, then I think some veteran starting pitcher is gonna come to Houston, and, and I mean Nathan Uvalde isn't a bad choice. No, not not at all. Not at all. Well, that is our show. Uh, we will see you guys next time we see you. Obviously, it's a little crazy right now, a little chaotic slash bored. There's not a lot going on. Sometimes this happens in big bursts. Uh, but make sure you're following us on social media. We'll let you guys know. Uh, I know we have new episodes out. And, of course, if you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you have to be the first to know when we drop a new pod. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. See you next time. See ya.